Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andrea Cassetta! Yay! Yay! We have got a great episode for you. Just want to put this, though, up top. We are going to have a trigger warning for uh, child trauma and all kinds of bad stuff. Yes. Uh, You will get roughly 20 minutes of hilariousness before that. So if you want to go ahead and listen to it, there's a trigger warning in the episode so you know when to stop before things get bad. Yes, so that is in the episode, and it will tell you when uh, the bad stuff is about to start. Don't you wish there was trigger warnings for real life, for just everyday life? You're about to rear-end somebody who's going to be a dick to you in traffic court. Oh, damn it. Thanks, God. (laughs) (laughs) Guess I'll listen to more Romancing the Pod to get over this life trauma. (laughs) Jesus. Um, Not this week, though. Uh, I mean, you you can. It's going to be good. But the episode this week is very vulnerable. Go ahead. <laughs> Romancing the pod with uh, our host, uh, Paige Wesley, Todd, and Mikey, and also Horvath. And go check those out as well. Yep. Um, yeah. It's a really fun episode, though, despite all the things we're saying. It's just, you know, if it would be better for you to not hear some shit that might drag up some shit... We're totally going to understand. All right. It's 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 100% understandable to not want to listen to certain things. Um, otherwise, great episode. Love it. It's a it's a wild fucking ride. We argue a lot about lasagna. I'm not going to yep. say anything about it now because I'm going to wait for you to fucking get to it in the episode. But yeah, I do say some things that I wish I could take back. Um, Paige, uh, I'm sorry. Same. I'm sorry that you don't want to do the podcast anymore because of your wrong <laughs> ideas about lasagna. But like I said, we'll get to trigger warning. If you think that two lasagna stacked on top of each other are fucking not one tall lasagna. You can't see this right now, but I'm holding up two lasagnas in the frame and one just says I and quit. <laughs> <laughs> but you stacked them on top of each other. So I just says I quit and it's one tall lasagna. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, also, holy shit, I just realized lasagna is a meat cake. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Or cake is a sweet lasagna. Ooh! That makes sense. That makes that's sense. the one I'm going lasagna. with. Dessert lasagna. Mm-hmm. That's the one we're going. This is the this yeah. is the mutual ground at which we can all stand and yes. agree. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's a fun episode. Uh, and also, we have a new surprise for y'all on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash cult podcast to read the first few chapter or to listen to rather the first few chapters of pages very 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 horny vampire uh, uh novel uh page reads it out herself we talk about it more at the end of the episode if you want more information and also there is a precursor uh, on our patreon so again patreon.com there's an intro that tells you what's what really regretting reading it myself should have had one of you guys do it but oh well <laughs> I'll read chapters three and four, Paige. We I like chapters off. three and four. Anyway, I will okay. also read horny chapters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So without any further ado, let's hop into the show. Hello. 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 Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as 
as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these, these are, are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Andrea Cassetta! Yay! Yay! And that's it. Because <laughs> <laughs> as far as we know at this point, Blaine Gibson has frozen to death in his home. All of the shining. <laughs> Dicks out for Blaine's frozen corpse. Um, yeah, it's like 15 degrees in Austin and they're losing power all over the city. So, <laughs> hey. so uh, yay. We have been uh, trying to record this episode for the last, what has it been, like three days or this something? Is, this is the second time we've recorded it. We've tried to record, re-record it from the first time in like for the past three days and he has not had power for like three days. Yeah. There has been <laughs> yeah. so many sound issues with this series that I we have no other thing to think other than that it is just cursed. It, is it has 100%, to be cursed. Yeah, it's definitely. Cursed. This yeah. is our The Exorcist and it's fucking cursed. It's the work of the devil. Three out of five of these episodes have had massive sound issues and have either needed to be recorded in part or in whole more than once yeah it's the only time that's happened and like we said earlier we've already had one death of a crewmate so yeah oh <laughs> and i don't know mondo's looking pretty sus i don't know if he controls the weather is Armando the devil if we look at the evidence he was calling him small a bunch, a bunch. in the previous episodes <laughs> Yeah, it is really weird when you go back and listen to all the audio audio we cut out. I was like, hey, Blaine, you're feeling cold, bud? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Blaine. Oh. Poor Blaney. Oh, man. It's going to be a very chilly funeral. <laughs> it's crazy that this happened because all those people in Austin were masturbating. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Okay, this is a weird aside, but I just re-listened to the Golden Compass series or the His Dark Materials series. That's just atheist C.S. Lewis, right? Yeah, basically. And okay. I think we actually talked about that the first time we recorded this episode. Did we? we yeah, we talked about His Dark Materials for like 10 whole minutes. I'm so sorry. I forgot. But hey. I, I was trying <laughs> to think back because when we were going to re-record with Blaine, I was like, what? What did we all talk about? And it I was, was like, mostly that, lasagna. That a lot Get of lasagna. Fuck meeting, out. Ce <laughs> meeting celebrities was another one, uh, but it's all all lost to the ether now. Yeah, I listened to that because when I was like, like when I was younger, I knew that they had tried to like remake the Golden Compass, but I hadn't read the books as a kid, and I knew that people got really upset. Armando's cracking open a white claw because he's a basic bitch. <sighs> <laughs> but uh i when i was a kid i was like why are they like boycotting this book series like they're always upset about like harry potter or whatever and it's like oh no they legit kill god in this series <laughs> like what the fuck oh shit I, yeah i would like to point out that one time a review said that we were a podcast for suburban white girls by suburban white girls and I did not believe that was true until Armando <laughs> cracked open that white claw. 
Hey, girlies. Hey. It's oh, my God. Lasagnas. If you have the chance, if you live in the suburbs and you want to start some shit or just witness some shit, please join your local Facebook groups because I've been having such a great time with all the Janets and all the mm. Karens in my local mm -hmm. Facebook groups. Oh, my God, you guys. If you want to start some shit and you live in like a suburban area, um, join a local Facebook group and then just be brown and walk outside and then watch <laughs> all of their reactions. You can find yourself later on the Nextdoor app being accused of stealing your own car. Stealing yes. my own car. Oh my God. That's what's so great about living here in downtown Los Angeles is no one has ever assumed that I would steal anything uh, because I'm constantly yelling about my stuff getting stolen. Yep, 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 yep. Can I tell you guys what happened literally like right before we started recording? Yes. Oh, please. So I went and got food for the cat and cat litter and I got like a couple toys because the cat is a maniac and we're trying to keep him occupied, you know. And so I found this one that it was like electronic bug and it's supposed to like move across the floor. And I was like, oh, cool. So I got that and a couple other things. I came home. I'm like unpacking the toys and Jake is like, what's that one? I was like, oh, it's like a little bug. It's supposed to move across the floor. And I turn it on and it just vibrates like it, it doesn't like have wheels or right? it just buzzes. And he's just like. Babe, did you buy the cat a vibrator? <laughs> I was just like, that wasn't my intention, but apparently, yes, I did. And he was like, is it for you or the cat? And I was like, either way, I guess, at this point. And then we put it on the ground to see if it would move. It does not. It just no. vibrates. So he just like sat on top of it. And so, like, yeah, the, the cat has sense. its own sex toy now. So yeah, there's well, there's that. I mean, you came you came home like, I read the packaging and said it was good for pussies, but I didn't think it meant this. <laughs> I thought it was Oops. just being cute. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's, they're having, you know, weird, fun cat vibrator times in the living room right okay. now. Okay, well. What a world that we live in where some people have to get fake bugs to crawl around their apartment. It's just like, come on, man. Bring your cat over here. I got real cockroaches <laughs> sometimes. Legit, not going to lie. I almost bought your mom and your grandma those cat toys that are the fish that flop for Christmas. Oh, we got one. We got one for McCready for Christmas. Yeah, it's. Close miss. Sorry. <laughs> Thank God. I thought you were going to say you almost bought my mom and my grandma vibrators for Christmas. <laughs> I, oh, I no. Just, I just got a text. Oh, no. I just got a text from Jake in the living room that just says, I am not vibrating the cat for the record. <laughs> Look, someone has to. Okay, Jake. He's a very feisty boy. <laughs> and he needs to get it out, okay? No, I, I haven't bought any relatives vibrators ever, I don't think. Probably. Yeah, you shouldn't. It's it's not purpose. a thing you should buy relatives. Yeah. I mean, depending on the relative. I've seen some videos where people buy some step relatives some stuff, and that <laughs> that always Our seems mind, to go yo. swimmingly. <laughs> I think that's porn. No. I don't think that's real life. No, I don't. Oh my god. It's oh an my erotic god. erotic documentary. Okay. This begs the question, sure. is pornography technically a documentary? 
No, I it is you not. Could argue that. Those women well, are clearly acting yeah, every fucking time. I'm going to say amateur pornography is a documentary. There we go. No one comes like. <laughs> um, Witches. <laughs> Dolphins. <laughs> Both of these coming noises are real in nature. The dolphin's natural habitat is a nondescript hotel room with plastic sheets. <laughs> oh, God. Why are these dolphins always so horny? <laughs> uh, horny dolphins, just a narwhal. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Hey. Oh, man. I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're having fun now because... I don't know if you guys remember. This is a depressing episode. Yeah, oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Michelle remembers. Everyone remembers. <laughs> Everyone remembers. <laughs> Every, everybody remembers. I think that's why we talked so much about lasagna last time where we were like, what's going to help us not get sad? Talk oh about a palate God. cleanser. Am I right? Every layer of hey, deliciousness. Hey, if, hey. If you have somehow been living under... A, a rock hard lasagna for the past few weeks and you don't know what the fuck we're talking about uh, a question was posed on the internet which goes thusly if you take two lasagnas right mm-hmm. you take them out of right. the pants and all you have is lasagna and you stack one right. lasagna on top of the other lasagna is it one tall lasagna or is it yes. two lasagnas one giant lasagna. One giant lasagna. One tall lasagna. We agree. I, I have become even more resolved in my two lasagna stance. Paige? Because I... a couple reasons. One, Armando's chugging White Claw. Armando's chugging White Claw like it's a fucking... Did you just bash that against your forehead? What the fuck? Armando, <sighs> okay. You, during the last recording that we don't have audio for but i swear it happened said that one time i made a lasagna that was the best lasagna you've ever had the best lasagna are, it was can the you best breathe? yeah it was good armando are you okay white claw? no i haven't how many Go white ahead. claws have you had honey not that many honestly jesus anyway do, do you want to try this is his third white claw <laughs> what the fuck is wrong armando's getting white claw wasted Paige Wesley made the best lasagna that I think I've ever had in my entire life one time. It was uh, almost everything other than like killing the animals was done by hand of her hand. I have to accuse Mm -hmm. myself because my dad is Italian and he makes a fantastic lasagna. So no offense, Paige. I'm so sorry. That's fine. I don't want to cause fights in the family. You're going to doubt my knowledge about lasagna. Lasagna's got a crust on the top. That means there's a beginning and there is an end even though there are layers between. And there is no vessel that would contain a lasagna large enough to equal two separate okay. ones stacked on okay. top. Wait. And you would have to cook them separately before stacking them. If you're saying a lasagna has a beginning, a middle, and an end, like a story, and you put a story and you have a sequel book, and then you make them into a compilation, then it's ah. the Bible. Therefore, yes. one story. It's story. Still different sto- no, no, no. That's still different stories. Compilations are multiple stories. Paige, are you unfamiliar with Dan Harmon's lasagna circle? <laughs> I am very familiar with the lasagna circle. I have mastered the lasagna circle. Have you not read Campbell's The Hero's Lasagna? 
Campbell's The Hero's Journey is actually on my desk right now. <laughs> I think it's called The Hero's Soup. How dare you? I think it was a hero with a thousand lasagnas <laughs> or it's, it's one hero, very tall lasagna. It's the, it's the hero with a thousand faces. Um, the hero with a thousand lasagna or one very tall lasagna. Blaine's it's not a very tall defend lasagna. himself, but team two lasagna forever. I'm avenging my dead person who agrees with me. I have done a lot of thinking about this and a lot of drinking about this. And (laughs) I have come to the conclusion that while I do say that you made one of the best lasagnas I've ever had in my life, this is not a cooking question as much as it is an architectural question. Okay. And of the three of us, who, I'm sorry, who was a master model builder for Lego? It's just a high-rise lasagna. Who, I'm sorry, who built all the furniture in their own damn house? Me. It's me. Also, and also me. me. And me. No, I built yes. your bed. Get the fuck out of here, Armando. Yeah, but I built my couch, my desk. I fucking made my desk. Oh. I And I don't mean Ikea. I mean, I bought wood and screws and made shit happen. I made this desk. This desk is my desk. Also, I okay, lasagna abides by the, by the Lego rule, where and if you take two of the same object and you put one on top of each other, they cease to be those two singular objects and become one new object. It's still object. two blocks. It's still two blocks. No, no well, then you Ar- say- Armando's right, though, because you made a building. Like, it, yeah, the architecture yeah, becomes a new object. Just like you took your changes- stuff and made a f- new piece of furniture. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then it becomes a new thing. Not, not just a taller thing of the first thing, because that would be, instead of being two blocks, it would just be block. But no, it's two blocks yeah, it's into one a building block. or a duck or whatever. But if you whatever. add it's a second story block. to your house. It's still a second story. That's two but stories. It's no, but it's one house. But you didn't complete the house if you're adding a story. That's not necessarily. Complete, not if you're Polish you, in Milwaukee. Not if you're you, Polish in Milwaukee. That's not how Milwaukee. that works. You complete a lasagna. In order to stack lasagnas, that means you've made two complete cooked lasagnas and put one on top of the other. And it's that delicious That doesn't just taller. magically make them one giant yeah. lasagna. Well, yes, it does. Page, it's the same way Jesus works. Nothing is ever complete, okay? Therapy has taught me that everything is a process and we're constantly being better. Those two lasagnas made one big lasagna despite your primitive thinking of thinking that they were done. Because it's not fair. The first time we had this argument, we were evenly matched because there were four of us. And this is some bullshit. <laughs> do you want me to... Do you want... Should we call Blaine? Should we... Is that what Armando's doing right now? Don't do that. He doesn't want to have this conversation anymore. Come on. Hey, you fucking piece of shit. You're not even on the episode and your fucking two lasagna shit is still permeating into my goddamn podcast. Oh, well, I mean... Maybe if you'd realize that it's two fucking lasagnas instead of one fucking lasagna, then you you get your fucking back straight, Mondo. I fucking hate you. You tell him what's up. Uh, everyone else on the podcast is very happy that you're doing well and that you are uh, alive and still fighting the bad fight. <laughs> it's, it's fucking awful. I can see my own breath. I'm assuming I'm. You guys are recording in it right now. Yeah, we are yes. recording. No? Yeah, yes. definitely. Okay, okay, okay. That's why I played it up so much. Uh, I'm, I don't actually hate you, but it is still on you. Yeah, freeze my dick off. Uh, my dog is under about eight blankets, and I can see my own breath. Pretty oh. cool. Oh man. That's not good. Well, our hearts go out to you. Um, the only solace I can take is that if you die, there'll be one less idiot in the world that believes that fucking two lasagna stacked on top of each other isn't just one tall lasagna. I'm going to stick two lasagnas up your ass. 
I will kill you. <laughs> I love you, Blaine. I'll talk to you later, all right? Okay, tell everybody bye. 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 Aww. I love when men tell each other they love each other. It's so cute. <laughs> Well, they did idiot. make out last time. We did. <laughs> Some sexual oh my harassment, God. my dude. Well, Whoa. this is permeated into our uh, into the second recording of this episode. If you are listening at home and you have an opinion on this, please send it into us at coltpodcastshow at gmail or send us a DM at coltpodcast on Instagram so at coltpodcastshow on Twitter. Emails. <laughs> and if you I hold can't on, here's a, here's. Wait. Here's the other thing, though. If you send us something telling us that you think two lasagna stacked on top of each other is two lasagnas and not one tall lasagna, you're fucking blocked. Okay? No, absolutely not. No, no. Might as well buy a ticket to Austin and go to Blaine's house at (laughs) Road, Austin, (laughs) Texas. It's bippity boppity way, you bitch. Are we ready to get into some sources? Yeah, Let's I'm ready do to it. do anything that it takes to get away from this stupid nonsense argument. Fine. We'll have to find <laughs> another way to make this less depressing. <laughs> lasagna? More like lasagna. Are you the one that's drunk on White Claw? <laughs> I am sober. How am I having this conversation with both of you? Ah. <laughs> uh. I feel like I'm the one mom at the neighborhood watch party that's the designated driver to make sure all of the like white suburban Beckys get home safe. You're the lasagna ma. Okay, that was pretty terrible. And also, historically speaking, neighborhood watches have been terrible every time they've ever existed. 100%. True. Also, I would like to just go on record and say that I prefer lasagna. Instead of oh. lasagna. Oh. It's got like an East Coast flair. Like, hey, how you doing, lasagna? Lasagna? Okay. Let's get into our sources. Tips Fedora. So, lasagna. Lasagna. Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about the swords earlier today. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and a stupid video I saw of a guy cutting a wedding cake with a sword. <laughs> and he just misjudges it and just destroys the fucking cake. I have to tell you. I lost my mind. I have to tell you, my best friend and her husband had a sword at their cake cutting for their wedding. I love you both so much, but you guys are nerds and I love you. Thank you so much. (laughs) But yes, it was the most fun part of the wedding. You are not You're You're making fun of them and then you just told us that your cousin who has like a huge sword collection just got engaged. He did. Yes, he did. I really hope and would not at all be surprised if his cake cutting ceremony involved several swords, possibly an awkward dance. <laughs> oh, my God. If you've got a sword out there, send it to me because I want to cut if some you've shit. Got, if you've got two tiny swords connected by a chain so that they're sword nunchucks, <gasps> send that to me. I need that. Oh, I want swords as well. I do I miss having a sword. I was briefly enrolled in Korean sword fighting as a child. Um, the lessons were too expensive. My mom stopped paying for it. But. <laughs> Let's get into these sources. <laughs> it's just going to be like a sword and lasagna madness episode. We have two articles from the Des Moines Register. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. Des Moines makes an appearance. Des Moines has entered the chat. 
um, both on the Johnny Gosh kidnapping as well as an article about the film about the Johnny Gosh kidnapping, which is our next source, Who Took Johnny, which is a documentary. Um, take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. Uh, we've got the New York Times, an article on Pizzagate and Justin Bieber, as well as TikTok's influence. We've got RollingStone.com's Anatomy of a Fake News Scandal, also on Pizzagate. We have Vox.com's Save Our Children, hashtag QAnon Pizzagate. And we have a New York Times article on the Save the Children QAnon movement, as well as Filthy Rich, a documentary on Jeffrey Epstein. Are we ready? Yes. <laughs> yes. But I remember how sad this episode is. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And that was with the inclusion of the lasagna last time. So get ready. Should we do a trigger warning? This yeah. I, you know what? I was actually about to dive into yeah, one. Yeah, let's do be, that. Especially based on last week. Yeah. So uh, we talked last week about the phenomena of unlocked memories. And again, just to take a second, because it came up in the Facebook group, not everyone listened all the way through. Uh, and if you had, you might have heard that we talked at length about how trauma does cause people to forget things. That happens all the time. There are multiple studies that cover that. And unfortunately, the part that tends to be a little nebulous as far as the medical and psychiatric communities is how reliable recovered memories are. Because our basic memory, even the things that we think we remember correct the first time, is not reliable. So something that we didn't remember and then maybe remember, also unreliable. So that's the main thing we wanted to go over last week is that, yes, trauma can do weird things to our memories and how we respond to them and how we access them. And that means we should kind of be a little more critical of the things that we think we remember exactly. And examine them closely and especially in the case of michelle remembers that was someone who was not a trained psychologist they he, were no, some he was he was he a just, trained psychologist yes he was just acting unethically yeah he was also Sorry. somebody that fucked his patient and doing yes. things that yeah. were yeah. real fucked up so trained yes. psychologist versus good but, psychologist uh, you're yeah you're th well you're thinking of the mcmartin case where there were no trained psychologists involved but they had access to children and drastically influenced those children and planted memories. Yeah. Right. A big thing that we were trying to hammer home was not that those memories don't exist or that those memories didn't actually happen. Just that when you're accessing stuff like that, especially involving trauma, the emotions that you felt or that you have about those things so often kind of distort or make them, you know, just not a factually... I don't want to say accurate, but you know what I mean? Like but, testimony But that is wise. the case. Yeah. I mean, in we examined, we examined seven different cases in that episode from varying degrees of someone who was in a therapy situation and was coached to people, uh, family members coaching people to people just not remembering things at all. And it kind of runs the gamut. And that's why it's important to also consider facts and other factors when we're viewing these stories. Because as we covered last week, a lot of people were in prison for huge sections of their lives and their lives were destroyed based on things that did not happen, empirically did not happen. Yeah. And that's the key to remember. Yes. So with that also said, um, this we didn't put a trigger warning on last week maybe we should have this week we are definitely going to talk 
about some sexual abuse and child abuse and kidnapping that can be very, very traumatic and sad. Uh, I just want to prepare everyone for that. If you think that that might be harmful for you to listen to for your mental health, heads up. That is going to be part of this episode today. Yeah, and you, you got like 20 minutes of lasagna talk out of it, so least, <laughs> there you go. at least it's not we're, a complete wash. Yeah, we were really trying to get some goodness up top, like the cheesy, delicious part of the lasagna, if you know what I mean. You mean the crust on top that completes it? I'm done. Yeah, Don't, the crust stop. on top of the very tall lasagna. Thank you, Paige, yes. for coming you around no, no, and no, 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 because it's Paige two totally lasagnas, understands. there would be one in the middle because you've stacked two complete things, one on top of the other. Oh, no, because now it's soggy. Is there, cheese? is there cheese in between all the layers of lasagna? There is, no. Armando. No, there's not. Oh, that's not. crazy. What? Isn't it every other, like you do a cheese, you do a sauce, you do a cheese, you do a sauce? That's how I've it always seen lasagna. First of all, it depends on the type of lasagna you're making, plebes. And it may, in fact, be bechamel sauce instead of cheese, depending on your recipe. In some cases, the cheese and types of cheeses will alternate. Some have spinach, some have pesto, some have meats, some have sauces. It is not an automatic one right after the other situation. Now in my brain, all I'm thinking of is in the Captain Planet cartoon when they all put their hands on top of each other, but each hand is a different type of noodle or sauce, and they're just constantly <laughs> layering. I'm going to make two fucking lasagnas and stack them so you can fucking see. Oh, I okay. can't wait you know for what? this very tall lasagna, Paige. Please let me get I'm some. I'm so excited. Paige, no, you don't get to eat any Paige, of it. Paige, I really want your tall myself lasagna. myself eating it. I know you do. And that's why I'm going to eat it myself just to shame I'm going to break into your house and cut it with a sword. Cut myself off a little piece <laughs> of that lasagne. Please send you, I mean, you missed your chance. You should have done it last night when we had the beef wellings in. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yep. And hungry. All right. I, no, I know. Me too. Now I want to like take a snack break. No, please. Come <laughs> no, on. No, no, we no. Gotta, we got to get into episode, the actual Sorry. Episode. It's just so sad. It is sad. I'm sorry. Okay. Based on the cases that we covered last week, people had started to suspect widespread abuse in pretty much any organization that dealt with children. And as more and more of these cases were overturned, it caused a weird backlash that's kind of similar to what we've seen present day. Remember back in episode two, when I talked about bad things happening to people and that it's sometimes easier to accept a grand supernatural conspiracy than to accept the reality that life can be painful and sad and sometimes people hurt other people. Yeah, like how the first time I got broken up with, I became convinced that uh, Bigfoot stole my girlfriend. And it helped me to feel a lot better about the things that had transpired. <laughs> and it had nothing Wait. to do with the fact that I just moved to a different English class. <laughs> <laughs> Monica, I miss you! No, <laughs> no. That's no. absurd. No. But I would invite you, unlike Armando just did. <laughs> this is what happens when you drink White Claw. True. <laughs> I would invite you to imagine that you're one of those people. You're struggling with an overwhelming sadness and you start to believe that there's a grander conspiracy that's responsible. And then you watch as those cases get overturned. And this threatens the security blanket of that delusion. So suddenly every overturned case isn't proof that the conspiracy isn't real, it's proof that it's bigger than anyone could have ever imagined. Mm -hmm. And we saw this in Satanic Panic 3 with Dungeons and Dragons, where 
even after losing multiple court cases, Patricia Pulling kept trying to take down D&D because she was still in serious pain over the death of her son. So in this episode, we're going to examine a few different cases that have typified this kind of spiral and in some cases have also served to reinforce these conspiracy thoughts for others. So we're going to start with a kidnapping case from 1982 in Des Moines, Iowa. Between the hours of 6 and 7 a.m. on September 5, 1982, 13-year-old Johnny Gosh was delivering newspapers on his paper route. He had done this multiple times, often with a group of other boys, and he would often wake up his dad to help, and his family thought there was no need for worry. Even though a few other boys on the same route had noticed mysterious cars and maybe a van in the last couple days, they still didn't think there was any reason to be alarmed. But for some reason, this morning was different. Johnny didn't wake up his dad. He went on his route alone with the family dog, Gretchen, a mini Dashin. The Des Moines Register, who would later go on to cover his case, corroborated that they saw Johnny picking up his papers for the morning, and this is the last point where multiple people can confirm they saw Johnny alive. Johnny never came home from that paper route, and police, because it was the 80s, originally thought that he was a runaway, until they started interviewing witnesses that morning. Is this, was this just really that common in the day if somebody disappeared they were just like ah they ran away um i mean i think people thought it was but it wasn't actually common i think uh, there's a lot of people that never got looked for yeah but that said it was a lot easier to be a runaway back in the day yeah it was we've covered this before a bunch of times where back in the day it was way easier to just basically do whatever you wanted to fucking do you could just go to a new town and be like my name is not Johnny and they'd be like right. I believe you yeah 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 uh, but that's not the case here because some of the other boys who delivered papers that morning said that they suspected that a car and a van that they had seen around might have had something to do with the disappearance a neighbor thought that he saw Johnny talking to a stocky man in a Ford Fairmount but the neighbor was watching from his bedroom window and he didn't have a great view and another witness seemed to have observed something similar, but neither witness got the license plate for the car. It's pretty interesting to note that the second witness actually was so haunted by the idea that they didn't get the license plate that they underwent hypnosis to try and unlock their memories of that license plate. And they claimed that this helped them remember that the license plate was from Warren County, Iowa, but nothing else. And this information ultimately proved fruitless for the case. Was this done through like an official capacity? Like, did they go to like a, a hypnotist therapist? No, I think it was just at a birthday party. That's what I was they saying. Did, they, they did go to a therapist. Yes. Uh, I just wanted there to be one very confused party hypnotist who's just like, ah, you know, I, um, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know about murder, but I could make a giraffe out of a balloon. Oh God. Was it the same cop from the Rippers episode? <laughs> Where he, he's a cop and a hypnotist? A cop hypnotist? It's John's time to shine. <laughs> imagine, okay, imagine though if you are like a birthday party hypnotist though and then like afterwards you just have people all the time being like, I think my dad did some shit. <laughs> like oh, they just no. like want you to like unlock their traumas and you just gotta be like, um... 
this is like a fun trick. This isn't fucking real, dude. Yeah. Like, you gotta chill. This is what this is why so many party therapists have uh, no drinking allowed. <laughs> on, party their, like, therapists. <laughs> oh, party, party therapists. Party hypnotist. But now I want to do a fun new trick <laughs> where instead of a clown, I hire a therapist who comes and does an uh, hour. It's just called group therapy, Armando. And that's what I'm gonna have for my son on his fifth birthday. I get the party therapist and a party sub uh, there's a coupon if you get both at the same time and uh, uh. <laughs> so your birthday party's blue johnny how does that make you feel <laughs> um hypnotism i mean people can be put into highly suggestive states that's mm. a thing mm-hmm. the information mm-hmm. you recover from them in those states is a little suspect right like believing that two lasagnas stacked on top of each other is two lasagna still. Exactly. Thank I you. was completely of sound mind and sober. How dare you? Also, if it's a store-bought lasagna, it's definitely two lasagnas at me. Well, if you're eating store-bought lasagna, your opinion doesn't fucking matter, does it? Armando, Hurtful. when was the last time you ate store-bought lasagna? Because I know for me, it's been the better part of a decade. Never. I have never, ever oh, gone to a store and seen a lasagna and gone, oh, I won't buy that. No. <laughs> But also, my dad used to make lasagnas in giant batches and freeze them for me. And then I, I would freezer, just have would like, like I would just have lasagna on hand for months of just so many lasagna. I, I mean, no kidding. If if we had a garage and a freezer, that would be my freezer. Yeah. I love making lasagna. I make all of it from scratch. Cheese, whole nine, learning mm-hmm. how to cure my own meats. Mm-hmm learning how to make my own sausage soon it will be completely from scratch i like that i like that instead of like wild game your dad had fucking lasagna in his storeaway freezer which makes me think that like if you take this a step further then your dad would mount a good lasagna that he made on his <laughs> wall if i could i would Armando. if he- i could Mount like a deer head, not yeah. mount like a dildo. No, no, no. Jesus I don't think Christ. your dad fucked in lasagna. I would also do that. But <laughs> like I'm just American here to tell- pie lasagna? What the fuck, dude? Oh, my God. If you go right now to the Colt Podcast store, you can find the vibrating lasagna. No. <laughs> Actually. Or your cat. Yeah. If no, but here, like pocket here, pussy, but it's lasagna. Like it's a t- an Italian shut theme. Shut the fuck up. No. Okay. What I was thinking in the hunting sense when you first said it, and I was like, I'm really good at lasagna. I fucking nailed beef wellington the other night. I make a mean quiche. I would love once I have like solidified a recipe and made it the best it could be that I could somehow mount that on my wall as if I have hunted it. Yes, 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 Paige, we can bronze your lasagna, but are you going to walk past the fact that Andrea wants to make a pocket (laughs) pussy out of a fucking lasagna? Who's the crazy one now? It's a pasta pussy. Am I right? It's a pasta pussy! (laughs) No, see, that works better for like a fleshlight where you're like sticking your dick between the noodles. Armando has just has had just the right amount of white claw for this to be a good idea. <laughs> like every white claw that you drink turns you five percent more white, and I am at your frequency, Andrea. And ten percent more horny for lasagna. 
But oh yeah, only for lasagna. Only the for next lasagna. chapters of my vampire novel are just lasagna. Get ready. Oh my god, if they're you, not. You, they're not. It's upsetting. If you are a Patreon oh. member for Cult Podcast, please go over to our Patreon and read the first or listen to an audio book rather of the first two chapters of Paige's very horny vampire novel. <laughs> yeah, if you guys don't know, remember I was twenty four and very lonely when I wrote it. We will be talking more about this uh, later in the episode and also in the intro so you have already heard about it a little bit but holy (laughs) shit is it horny as hell if you guys don't know everyone every human being in Paige's vampire novel is type oh oh like their blood (laughs) type damn it I did (laughs) something Jacob right fuck I think what you mean is type oh (laughs) that is what I mean that's why I'm doing the audiobook. No, nope, just kidding. It. It's really upsetting and hard for me to do. <laughs> it's hard for me too, but only when I'm listening to it. Hey, oh! <laughs> hey, I don't know if you've ever had to read out loud fantasies that you had <laughs> 10 years ago. No. Don't do it. Don't Actually, do it. I do have old sketchbooks. Yeah, I do have old sketchbooks, and Armando read my thoughts out loud to me as a child, like as a high schooler, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I thought these opinions were good." Andrea thought she was so much better than every person at her high school. I was a bad person. Same. My mom. I found out a couple years ago that my mom was actively reading my diary and then just putting it back. Where my mom probably was too. I joked about something and she's like, oh yeah, I read all of those. And then just had never mentioned them the whole time. <laughs> Moms don't have boundaries. Oh. Don't write anything down. Yeah, I never did anything. I knew that my mom looked through my stuff. So one time I got really mad at my stepdad and I drew a picture of my stepdad being dead. And then I, I just said, fuck Mark. And she saw it and she was like, is this how you feel? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Is that before or after they got divorced? That was way before they got divorced. And it was, here's the thing, it was drawn in crayon. So I want you to guess how old I was. Oh, honey. Were you like seven? Okay. You're, Twelve. I was 16 years old. Armando <laughs> Torres. <laughs> oh, Armando actually has bridge? really good art skills. So I'm imagining how well rendered this crayon death was. <laughs> oh. God, okay, we got to get back to this really depressing story. Yeah. I know. This is all just, I'm sorry. It all makes me sad because we've already heard it once and it makes me sad. Everyone always complains about how we go off the rails, but this time it's for your own fucking good. So don't, <laughs> don't you dare complain. This is where grab the Grab a white claw. Even if you're at work, just grab a white claw. <laughs> we did. My <laughs> office really used to have white claw in the fridge. Oh, fuck yeah. I would be fired from there your so fast. work? Yeah, well, oh, I can't because drink they would have at happy work. hours and stuff. And so people would start drinking at like four or five in the afternoon. My coworkers yeah. drink at work. Yeah. Your coworkers and I just, drink I, at work too. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean is like my coworkers drink at work. I cannot drink with them or I will share opinions. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like Andrea. I'll just be like, and this is your fucking problem. <laughs> Andrea, when she starts drinking, she's just like, you know, it's a problem with America is it's mostly capitalism they just mostly get mad at capitalism but regardless of the license plates the car was never found (laughs) i'm sorry no okay probably because those cops were drinking white claw on the job fucking cabs Uh, anyway not just not to be ridiculous but uh the car was never found 
and neither was Johnny, which I think is what we were all trying to avoid by talking about other things. It's yeah. so sad. It's very sad. This whole story is very, buckle the fuck up. It's sad. His mother, Noreen, never accepted his disappearance. And it's understandable why. It's her child. She's distressed. She doesn't have a body. She doesn't have closure. And so she goes the rest of her life searching for Johnny, who she for many years has believed was alive, literally to present day. And all the while also seeking to reform the way that we look for missing children. And she has had a lasting impact on how missing children cases are handled, particularly in Iowa. But it presents a bit of a problem because if you don't accept the likely reality that someone is probably dead, then it lends itself to accepting other options that may not be as sound as far as evidence goes. In 1984, Johnny Gosh's photograph appeared alongside Juanita Rafaela Estevez's photograph on milk cartons across America. They were the second and third abducted children to have their their cases spotlighted on milk cartons. So they are the original milk carton kids. There was only one before them. Uh, A10 Pats. Two years later, another paper boy named Eugene Martin in the same neighborhood, in the same town, goes missing under nearly identical circumstances. And he was never found either. God. Yeah. The difference is his family continued to look for their son, but they expected to find a body. Yeah, I think there was sort of a, an absurd innocence in this time because... I think that serial killers had existed longer, but I think that people just were like, oh, these kids ran away and they kind of like held on to that belief. And I think this is a time where we see children starting to disappear and then later we do find those bodies or we do find or make connections between disappearances and things that like maybe people weren't weren't really doing before. And it starts to bring awareness to that. Well, because of like what Paige said is at the time, if you believe that there's a chance that your child could be found, that's way more preferable to the alternative, you know? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Always. Yes. Always. 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 Another two years after that, in the same part of Iowa, in the same neighborhood, Mark James Warren Allen goes missing too. He was the same age as the two previous boys. And like the others, he was never found. Or... Were they? Because this is the conspiracy theory component of this episode. In the intervening years, from 1982 to 1989, Noreen and her husband were everywhere. They were on the news. They were going to the police. They were going to the FBI. They were hiring private investigators. They did not stop. All they wanted to find was their son. And as the other boys went missing, they matched that fervor for those other boys. They were not going to let this drop. They weren't going to let these boys that had gone missing be forgotten. And so they kind of got a bit of a ray of hope in 1989 when a 21-year-old man named Paul Bonacci told his attorney that he had been sex trafficked around the same time as Johnny's disappearance and was actually forced to participate in Johnny's kidnapping. Oh, God. 
the story he has presented is pretty inconsistent with the witnesses that morning. And so there were some questions about the veracity of his testimony. His lawyer met with him and believed that he was telling the truth. And Noreen also met with him. And she said that he told her things that he could know only from talking to her son. Now here's kind of the problem with that. One of the things that Noreen brought up as being something that only somebody who knew Johnny or had seen Johnny could know was a birthmark and a leg scar. But both of those had been widely circulated by the police when they were trying to find Johnny initially. Hmm. Paul also described a speech impediment that Johnny had, which Noreen also took to be an indication that he had encountered Johnny. But that would have been common knowledge to anyone who had known Johnny. So he would have only needed to encounter somebody who also knew Johnny, which in this town was a lot of people. It was not a huge town or not a huge neighborhood, I should say. Des Moines is a big place. Yeah. But it's Iowa big for sure. (laughs) Sure. Uh, But this case had really galvanized the community around them. And so he could have easily found somebody that did know Johnny and knew about that speech impediment. When it comes to this testimony, the FBI and the local police do not believe that Paul Bonacci is a credible witness. And they have not included him in their interviews or studies of the case. Noreen has gone back and forth where I think initially because it gave her hope she believed him as more people came forward to question his testimony she questioned it also. Mm -hmm. And I think at this point she's kind of in the middle where parts of the things that he says in his testimony kind of match her narrative later on. But I think she is skeptical of him as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is my opinion, having watched a lot of footage and interviews and things of her. Um, but Paul's stories over the years have had conflicting narratives and they haven't provided consistent evidence for any of the boys to be found. But at the time, 1989, this was enough for Noreen to hold on to more hope that her son was still alive. And part of the reason that Paul Bonacci brought Johnny up at all is because he was actually in the process of accusing someone else of running that sex trafficking ring. Notably, he was in the process of accusing prominent members of the Republican Party of being part of this sex trafficking enterprise, specifically Republican Party activist and businessman Lawrence E. King Jr., who at the time was also serving as the director of the Franklin Credit Union in Omaha, Nebraska, by funneling some of that money through a a charity called Boys Town. Oh, no. Now, I I do want to stop and say, this is a tricky one because Boys Town is essentially a wilderness school for troubled teens, which totally, like... We have talked a little bit about wilderness schools for troubling troubled teens. We haven't yeah. done a huge episode on it. But as we have gotten more distance from them, there have been widespread reports of, re- of abuse from those types of organizations. So I cannot stand here and concretely say like, oh, Boys Town did nothing wrong. I can't say that. Yeah. I have no idea. It's very likely that people were hurt there. Who knows? We don't concretely know 
Um, but this is a place where the documentary around Johnny Gosh's case gets pretty interesting because in the documentary, there are a number of victims who tell their story and the documentary covers them at pretty great lengths. And unlike a lot of the unlocked memory cases previously, these are adults talking about people in power and people in power sometimes do messed up shit. Yeah. Oh, sometimes. What? No. Yeah. Paige, you in- Yeah. What? Uh, but the inconsistencies of the stories and the lack of evidence caused the trial to go pretty much nowhere. And in 1990, a grand jury doesn't charge Lawrence E. King Jr. In fact, they call the allegations a carefully crafted hoax. And Paul Bonacci and another witness, Alicia Owen, are actually indicted on perjury charges. And a federal grand jury basically declines to indict anyone for child prostitution. The one thing they did indict people for was perjury. And then they actually end up indicting and convicting Lawrence E. King Jr. for fraud. Hmm. Because whether or not there was a pedophile ring, he was definitely embezzling. And people who believed Paul Bonacci saw this as a clear cover-up for what was going on. Lawrence E. King Jr. is accused of stealing over $40 million from the bank and was sentenced to 15 years in prison. The Holy bank was shit. shut down. Yeah, it's a lot That's of money. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Uh, the bank was shut down. It was raided by the FBI and the IRS. And he was actually released from prison in April of 2001. And despite the fact that he's not indicted on these charges this case becomes a landmark story for conspiracy theorists and begins to fan the flames of stories of sex rings in the highest portions of our government and what made it worse was that about 10 years later in 1999 the u.s district court of the district of nebraska awards paul bonacci one million dollars in compensatory damages and punitive damages in a civil suit because he had sued Lawrence E. King, who failed to participate in the lawsuit, which meant that Paul Bonacci won by default. But the reason that King hadn't participated is he was still in prison. He was still in jail. He didn't have money. He couldn't necessarily get to those civil suits, you know, trials and stuff. And so he just doesn't participate So this judgment is awarded to Paul Bonacci. So people point to that as like kind of like O.J. Simpson, where like O.J. was never criminally convicted of killing Nicole Brown, but he was convicted in civil court. People point to this the same way and they're like, see, but it's completely different. Yeah, there was not necessarily evidence presented in that civil case to get us that verdict. It's more that just King doesn't participate in the case. Well, remember that the legal landscape of America is this very complex thing where, like, when we covered Donald Trump, uh, he never actually had to plead guilty to the racist practices that he and his father were 100% doing. But legally speaking, they did have to, you know... They had to apologize for it. They had to provide restitution. Um, They did do those things. The court found that they were doing those things, but because they never had to say that they were guilty, technically speaking, Donald Trump was always like, yeah, well, very clearly we won the lawsuit, which is 
a weird way to look at lawsuits too. It's just so complex <laughs> and deep and stupid that like just because somebody won something doesn't mean that they are innocent or guilty one way or the other. I would right. say that the amount of mental hoops that Donald Trump jumps through every day to say he's a winner when he's not is hilarious. Yeah, it's the only exercise yeah. he gets. <laughs> no, he golfs. <laughs> okay. I mean, I could ride around in a golf cart and drink beer, too. Yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> it's called Los Angeles. <laughs> Even though this investigation into the Franklin Credit Union didn't ultimately uncover the sex trafficking ring that Paul Bonacci had alleged existed, for Noreen, the case had been corroborated by an additional witness. See, around the same time in 1997, a little after two in the morning, Noreen says that she was awakened by a knock at her door. And standing there was a grown man with dark hair to his shoulders and another man who seemed to be serving as a bodyguard of sorts. Noreen says that she recognized him immediately and she believes that the long-haired man was her son, Johnny, all grown up. Damn. She claims that that night he detailed all of the things that had happened to him while being captive in the ongoing sex trafficking ring until he, quote, aged out and now lives in fear for his life because he served multiple people in government positions. And much of this seemed to corroborate Bonacci's account, but it has not been able to be proven outside of Noreen's account. In the year 2000, she self-publishes a book called Why Johnny Can't Come Home. And the book presents her understanding of what her son went through based on the conversation she had with this person who showed up at her house and also the research of various private investigators that she had hired to look into her son's case. Now, it is interesting to note the documentary covers a handful of these private investigators and a lot of what would happen is they would like find one or two things and hit a dead end or, you know, find something and then hit a dead end. And so she kind of compiles it all into this big thing. But yeah, it's it's kind of sad. I know we talked about this the first time we recorded this. And so I'll ask the question again. Do we think, A, it was actually her son? Do we think anyone actually visited her? Or do we think this is somebody pretending to be her son? This was a point that I had made the first time that I've actually had a little bit more time to think on. Um, there is a phenomena that happens when people are investigating things that are either A, supernatural, or B, conspiracy theory related, wherein they will sort of make things up or provide false evidence under the pretense that the thing is so obviously real in their mind, quote-unquote, that it, it the ends justify the means, if that makes sense. And so initially my thought was that she was so convinced that this had happened because, okay, one thing that I wanted to clarify is that nobody else had evidence that this visit from Johnny and the bodyguard existed, right? Right. Yeah, it, it was right. just her words. So initially my thought was that this was something that she had put forth in order to keep the case alive, not necessarily to keep attention on her, because I don't think that she's that type of person, but but right. to to provide evidence for her case. Um, we also, Blaine was in the camp, I think initially, that it may have been somebody playing kind of a mean-spirited prank 
uh, on 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 her. And with that in mind, if we want to take that route in that this visit really did happen and that it wasn't her son, that it, there, there are so many people that were on the side of like, this is a huge conspiracy involving all of these different people. So maybe if it wasn't a mean spirited prank, it could have been somebody trying to push forward this narrative on behalf of that camp, you know, of the people who are like, that's, that's where I land mm-hmm. is, is either a prank or, that this is somebody who is either inserting themselves into the investigation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody watched the Cecil hotel documentary, but there's a lot of like web sleuths in it that are like, my views are just as important, even though I don't have the evidence. (laughs) And I feel like that that could be this of somebody inserting themselves into it to try and kind of either further the case, further the, the sex trafficking narrative or to try and get information out of Noreen. Um, I I think that for me, she's so detailed about what happened that I feel like this is something she actually experienced, or at least she believes she does. Mm-hmm. So I think I land in the camp of, I think this is somebody pretending to be her son. Yeah. I think it might be somebody that might not be pretending with ill intention, but might just be delusional and they read this story and they became obsessive about it and they might have other types of delusions. Um, Yeah. I've met people, my, one of my uncles was mentally disabled and so we would go to his group home to visit him and all the time there were people that were like, there's mental disability is such a spectrum and a lot of times all those people are sort of housed together regardless of their ability level so it ran the gamut of people that were completely nonverbal and completely like not at all functioning to people that were they appeared from all of the outset to be very normal but they had these sort of obsessions and they had these delusions where they would get like they would believe that they were someone important or they would believe that they were you know that you played a certain role um I was once accused of murdering John F. Kennedy. So it's kind of this thing where I think maybe someone who might have been having a psychotic episode or might have like read this news story, like inserted themselves into the situation. Follow up question. Why did you kill John F. Kennedy? Yeah, yeah. To to be clear, this was somebody who accused (laughs) Andrea Gazetta of (laughs) killing John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King and also this man's children. Wow. Mm. Yep. I'm quite We the heard bitch. the yay from the grassy knoll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it does happen. Um, and it it is always the thing is, is like for me, that experience was really scary because it was very like aggressive and like, why did you kill my children? Why did you kill John F. Kennedy? And I didn't know that that was gonna happen. But I do think that the person who's under like the person who's in that situation, all of that feels very real to them. You know, they're trying to piece together this puzzle and they feel like they have all the pieces and they feel like they know what's going on and that this is the answer. And I think that that is something for me that's like in some ways that's scarier, but kind of makes sense to me of like why Noreen would be so taken with this idea like she's experiencing grief. Someone comes and says that they have answers and maybe that person truly believes it. And it's a lot easier to buy that sale 
when the sale is pitched by someone who truly believes what they're saying. I yeah, yeah. I, I know that there are cases of people who believe that they're either you know the Lindbergh baby or you know John Benet Ramsey, uh, like th- Gordon's daughter. Yeah, Gordon Ramsey's daughter, John Benet Ramsey. <laughs> God damn it! Because <laughs> he cooked an ader, you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> we solved it, by the way. There we go. <laughs> we might we you might have to cut that. I don't care. I don't think I'm, so. It's my favorite oh, joke. We're every time. definitely already going to Hell's Kitchen for that one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> god damn it. There are situations wherein that happens. The thing that puts me away from that theory is the bodyguard. You know what I mean? Is that there's a secondary yeah. person yeah. with the mental capability unless Unless they are so convincing that they think that that is who that is, you know what I mean? Yeah. It could. It could all. It. It could be that. It could be they're so convinced. It could be somebody that a delusional person has hired. Uh, it could also be folie adieu, which is madness of two. So, yeah. who knows? Um, but yeah, I I land into. Not necessarily ill intent, but this is somebody purporting to be her son that is likely not her son. Yeah. I think we're all in the same camp that is unfortunate and downright terrifying and upsetting as it may be that her son is dead. You know what I mean? I I, I think that we're yeah, all kind of in agreement. That is what I I believe, yeah. unfortunately. <sighs> yeah. I also I I want to bring a small amount of levity. Um, in that I don't think that Andrea could have done the murder of John F. Kennedy. Um, <laughs> because I don't even think I could do the murder of John F. Kennedy because I've tried to take a book suppository and I it does not work. <laughs> oh oh no, the paper cuts. <laughs> Oh, wait, I'm being told here that it was book depository. Depository. And I have to go see a doctor about getting the cat's cradle out of my anus. Because <laughs> that shit is deep know. in my vana guts. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. You really I, um... pulled that one out of your ass. <laughs> I, I also, a part of the story that doesn't work for me is the idea that he aged out and they just kind of let him keep living because if if the rest of the story is true if this is you know a a sex trafficking ring happening at the highest portions of our government that no one knows about except for the people that high up and they're able to procure and kidnap children and no one can find them why would they just let people age yeah. out they would just kill those people or they were like, no one's going to fucking believe you. Get the fuck out of here. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, it's stuff like that where this is always my problem with conspiracy theories. A, Kibono, like who benefits, but also like how many people have to toe the line to make it happen? That's true. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like how many you know, people have to cover this up or like make this. Like yeah. I could go to Taco Bell and my order will be wrong 80% of the time. And you think we can get hundreds of people to all work together and not make mistakes? What is wrong or with Or even, <laughs> like, even a more real, like sure, a, a, a sure. more apt comparison, our own fucking government who can't do yeah. jack shit. Yeah. I'm just going to say that for the last five weeks, 
four of us have tried to make five podcast episodes and we <laughs> failed three times. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. the the idea, the idea that there's not a level of incompetence that would make most conspiracy theories completely impossible mm-hmm. is insane to me. I do want to I I know this is kind of a serious note to take us down, but um the other day, speaking of something like this, the other day I did have a knock at my door and I answered it. Um, and there was a bodyguard standing there and he was like, are you Armando Torres? And I was like, yes. And he was like, there's somebody I need you to speak to. Um, and it was all of our $1,400 stimulus checks. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently they've been on the run for a really long time. I know that you thought I was a $2,000 stimulus check, but I'm here to tell you the truth. They said that they chopped off 600 of them and sent it out to us, but that the rest of the 1400 is living in fear. They don't want to be spent on GameStop stocks. <laughs> so that brings us to more recent events in this case. And, and by recent, I still mean 10 years ago. But in 2006, uh, Noreen reported that she found photographs left at her front door and posted them to her website and there are a series of a couple different photographs one that's in color shows three boys bound and gagged god and then yeah there's also a black and white photo that appears to show her son with his mouth gagged as long as as well as other boys allegedly with a brand on his shoulder and then the third photo shows a man who may be dead and has something tied around his neck, but she alleges that he was one of the people who molested her son. She has also, at varying times, and this could be her getting her story wrong, this could be the case of kind of as we brought up with like Bigfoot of like, I'm putting this out there in hopes that it will catch traction Mm -hmm. and, and bring attention to the case. She has also said that she found some of those photos on a website featuring child pornography as opposed to her porch. Either way, it's not good. No. Yeah. I mean, but imagine you're a mom and your kid's missing and you are like, I'm going to check child pornography, dark web websites, and you come across these photos. Like, do you admit that you were in that site or do you say like someone dropped these off at my door? Yeah, exactly. But you believe it's your child, you know, like that's fucking rough. About two weeks after she found those photos... Uh, A letter, anonymously, was mailed to the local authorities, and it claimed that the photos were not of her son, but they were of an investigation in Florida from 1979 to 1980 in Hillsborough County, and that it had been a, the case had been investigated by a man named Nelson Zalva. Now turns out Nelson Zalva was still alive and so they checked with him and he could corroborate that like yeah I I did work this case and there was actually no crime these were staged photos essentially Um, but they couldn't provide his actual records of the case in part because at this point the case was 30 years old and he had been retired for a long time and even if they could find the archives they might not even still be filed. It's a 30-year-old case. 
if the archives existed in any usable way at all. Also, also and, like a 30-year-old case for something that the, the, the conclusion was that there was no crime that had been committed. Because right, one of the things that right. we had talked about last time was that the you said the boys were locked up in this very compromising way in order to see which one of them could escape could escape in some kind yeah. of weird awful florida style escape room yeah <laughs> it, it was it was pictures it was pictures of a game that they were playing but then the other thing too he, the the photos are tied to an investigation from 1979 so you know, 78, 79, four years before Johnny goes missing. So there's no way it can be her son, yeah. you, you know, yeah. and it's complicated. And the um, the documentary <laughs> Who Took Johnny identifies a couple of the f- boys in the photos. There's one that they don't identify, and that's the one that she thinks is Johnny. And at last check, some of the last interviews I saw with her, she still believes that it's a picture of her son. Um, even though I I would say there's more than enough evidence to say that it is very unlikely. But, but the conspiracy being that, like, you know, if they can't provide proof to the contrary, then then it's... Right. Yeah, right. I, 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 I understand their yeah. logic. I'm, I don't want to make it seem like I understand their point. Well, I do understand their point of view, but I, I agree with you, yes. When right. I was a kid... Oh no! The first time. Oh God! No, Andreas. No good Andreas story has ever started with <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> when I was a kid, I got really sick, and I stayed home from school. And my mom had to go to work, and my stepdad had to work at his house. My parents, my mom and stepdad, didn't live together yet. And so he said he would watch me, but he brought me to his house, and as a bit. He tied me to a railing with lots of rope and he put duct tape over my mouth and took photos. So there are photos in my parents' house of a young little girl just tied to a railing in a basement with duct tape over her mouth that like when they die, if I don't get there first, someone is going to have to explain those fucking photos. Andrea, I know this is going to be a difficult question. (laughs) Are you Johnny Gosh? <laughs> I'm Johnny Gosh, darn it. Um, hey, Google, call a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I have a therapist now. <laughs> Relax. Hey, Google. Oh, man. Never mind. But yeah, sometimes uh, pranks look like child abuse from the wrong set of hey, eyes. Hey, Google, hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Did Google call a therapist for you? I don't know what she Did called. Did call your therapist? Bro, you just 5150'd yourself. You better watch oh, out. Shit. I just door dashed myself some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm gonna err on the side of investigate those photos. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like I mean, yeah. look into it. Yeah. And and here's the thing if nothing's going wrong, it's gonna be easy to prove that nothing is wrong, <laughs> I guess. Sure. Kind of like in this case when they were like, Yeah, no, we investigated it. All of this, as all of it's going on, causes kind of a rift in the family. And so Noreen and her husband, Johnny's father, divorced in 1993. And he has actually publicly stated that he's not sure whether or not their son visited. And he's been incredibly supportive of Noreen even before and after the divorce. But he has said on a couple occasions that he's not 100% on all of the things that she believes. 
um, which is a rough place to be in. Yeah, one hundred percent. If you if you've ever been with a family that has lost a child really early, it can cause a lot of very difficult coping mechanisms and especially within a marriage you know two parents might disagree on the proper way to grieve who's grieving more uh whether or not they should give up hope that their child is still alive you know things like that and it can really lead people to believe some things that are probably very unlikely Mm -hmm. um seeing their child's ghost having conversations with them you know things like that that are ways for the parent to cope but that the other parent might not necessarily agree with or relate to yeah yeah i'm sure there are some of you out there wondering why would anyone believe in any of this why would people think there's a huge conspiracy regarding sex trafficking in the american government and I'm going to tell you that it's probably because there was actual sex trafficking related to the American government. Yeah. Like this specific yeah. case is not necessarily an indication of that. But uh, let's just say that while I don't think this is what happened to Noreen Gosh's son, I do believe that there are sexual abuses happening. And I know if you are a hardcore conspiracy theory person you probably think that at this point i'm going to talk about the finders which is a commune in florida in 1987 that abducted children and claimed that they were training them for the cia and also sex trafficking them to blackmail people however they will definitely get their own episode but also a lot of those files were not released until very recently and so people at the time in the 80s and early 90s that we're kind of talking about and even into the early 2000s did not know the complete story about them most of that came out recently when their files were released and connections are still a little nebulous so when we talk about sex trafficking and the american government we need to talk about the one that everyone can prove and everyone knew about at this time in the early to mid-90s and through the 2000s up to present day, we have to talk about Jeffrey Epstein. And again, this is someone who could have their own episode and maybe will at some point, but this is a case where we have concrete evidence linking a known sex trafficker to government officials on both sides. So Epstein was known for abusing young women in West Palm Beach, as well as his various vacation houses, as well as New York. And he would often pay young girls to recruit other girls. And he would target girls from poor families who either needed the money or if he thought that they would be vulnerable and keep his secret. He used his accomplice, Ghislaine Maxwell, to recruit girls as well. And she's currently still in custody, although there were rumors that it was expected that she could be pardoned by Trump. She wasn't. Multiple investigations into Jeffrey Epstein started and stalled, and it's assumed that because of the level of influence he had over people in power, they were getting him out of trouble. It's also presumed that that's why he was killed in prison. I believe he was killed, by the way. 100%. Um, yes, yeah. yes, okay. I definitely agree. These this are is our a lasagna opinions. situation. Please don't also kill us. Yeah, if you stack 
two sex traffickers <laughs> on top. No. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It grows fast. It just makes Probably one tall out. sex trafficker. <laughs> um, but suffice it to say that many famous and important people were known to have been involved with Epstein or even visited his island, including the Clintons and former President Trump. See, after he started to take some heat in America, Epstein purchased an island that would allow him to essentially have free reign away from the prying eyes of the law and the media. And there are flight logs for who visited. And that's how we know who a lot of these people are. And the knowledge of this connection and the publicity surrounding the failed cases, that started a lot earlier than people found out about the finders. Those failed cases began to fuel a more concrete conspiracy narrative. And that narrative was, everyone in the government is trafficking children. Which, like, admittedly, provably, some people in the government were trafficking children. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So... You know, uh, not entirely wrong, uh, but in 2016, it takes a weirder turn. Four years ago, well, almost five years ago at this point, ahead of the 2016 presidential election, a rumor started online that Hillary Clinton and Democratic elites were running a sex trafficking ring out of a pizza place in Washington, D.C., and... It spread like wildfire. The rumor started in forums on 4chan and Reddit, and they kind of started with something that we covered on our Satanism episode in, I believe it was actually one of our speculation zones that we covered this in. But they were hacked emails from John Podesta, which was Hillary Clinton's senior campaign advisor. And they detailed a an event called spirit cooking, which they thought was a satanic ritual, but was actually an art installation by Maria Abramovic. <laughs> so fucking Maria Abramovic and your vagina scrolls. This yeah. fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch took bloody long pieces of paper out of her period having vagina as an art installation and totally fucked up my art school experience because now every weird kid who doesn't shower wants to get naked for credit. I hate it. (laughs) Strong words. Um, Art school at me. Regardless, it was not a satanic ritual. Um, And the people who read these emails, it kind of started as a joke, but then right-wing users ran with it until somebody from 4chan pointed out that they thought cheese pizza would represent CP on pedophile Oh, my fucking fucking God. God. By the way, also CP was used to denote child pornography on those boards. Yes. That makes this podcast abbreviation so much worse. Do you understand yeah, how difficult it is to t- you're typing out an email and you abbreviate cold podcast into CP and then you look at it and you're like, oh, nope, because if these emails ever get fucking leaked, people are going to think that I'm sending Rooster Teeth a thing about fucking child pornography and I can't fucking handle it. 
Ugh. Right. Or cheese pizza. Same difference. Or cheese pizza. Which I would now, never order. That's true. That's the most boring kind of pizza. Yeah. They took it one step further. See, John Podesta's brother, Tony, was friends with a man named Mr. Elephantus, who owns the pizza place that Pizzagate is based around. And he is mentioned in several of the emails because they were planning an event for the campaign, like a fundraiser at his pizza place, which they had done many times before. This was not new, but people took it and ran with it. And now, now the theory and the rumor was that they were trafficking children through this pizza place for satanic rituals. And it's quickly debunked. Like, this is one of those things that came up and within a week people were like, that's not remotely true. (laughs) But again, no one reads shit. And so people continued to post about Pizzagate as if it was a real thing. So much so that a couple weeks after the 2016 election, so after Hillary Clinton had already lost, a 32-year-old man named Edgar M. Welch from North Carolina drove six hours to Comet Pizza and Ping Pong, by the way. What? Okay. Um, Yep. To allegedly free the enslaved children being held in the basement. Now, what he did not know is that A, there were no children there, and B, there was no basement, because he hadn't even done that level of research. He was so convinced that Pizzagate was real, he showed up there with a military-style assault rifle and fired tons, dozens of rounds into a locked door that he thought led to the basement, but turned out to just be a closet. And in 2017, he was sentenced to four years in prison. Now, fast forward to 2020, when a homemade documentary called Out of the Shadows follows Pizzagate again, again claiming that it is true, despite being demonstrably false. It's made by a man who was a former Hollywood stuntman and then got passed around the QAnon community until this past May when TikTok got a hold of it. Oh, my God damn it. God. This is why I hate TikTok. So TikTok starts to circle, and I should say users on TikTok, not the app itself. Users on TikTok begin circulating videos from the documentary and other information claiming that Justin Bieber and other teenage celebrities or former teen celebrities, I should say, were children who had been sex trafficked despite there being so much video evidence and other evidence of what Justin Bieber was doing for the bulk of those years, um, it catches on. And TikTok is like, oh, fuck this shit. So they remove the ability to tag things with Pizzagate as a hashtag. They start pulling videos down. They're not having it. So then it goes to YouTube. Now, YouTube had actually demoted most of their Pizzagate videos and removed the tagging back in 2016, so it doesn't really take off on YouTube, and Out of the Shadows is actually pretty hard to find at this point. Twitter 
also says that it constantly searches for and removes Pizzagate posts and had updated a lot of their terms of service to prevent them from being posted in the first place. But then there's Facebook. And fucking Facebook, Facebook said that it had created new policies and tools to prevent it from happening. But it's fucking Facebook. So like call men trash and your post gets removed immediately. But say that a pizzeria is holding children hostage in a basement and they're going to let you form a whole group. So. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to believe the, the pizza gate band. thing, and then you called me trash, and now. <laughs> not all. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> no, no, we're all trash. I, I almost said not all men, and I was like, no, I don't believe that. <laughs> no, we're all trash. I myself am a fucking discarded pizza box as a person, so yeah. Full I of guess. child <laughs> pornography. No, 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 no,
I want Donald Trump to get pile-drived by a panda, and I want his shoes to fly off of his tiny feet and into the audience, and I want to catch them. That's what I want to happen. Artists, (laughs) send us this drawing. (laughs) Because I know that Donald Trump wears lifts in his shoes, so I assume that like they're just constantly about to fall the fuck off. Why do people want to be That's why he stands so crazy. So they can see other people peeing in bathroom stalls, Armando. This oh. is, yeah, this is a, a privilege that you have as a tall person is you get to see other people peeing. No, I hate And like, it. we all I, want this. I thought it was just because they got tired of you calling them small for four episodes in a row. <laughs> Blaine, we love you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, some of the people from this group have gone on record for why they believe in the save the children movement and they've said that that's and they've said that it's because they want to protect children which is noble i also don't want children to be sex trafficked yeah i'd like that for sure yeah but they believe that donald trump was the only one taking the issues of sex abuse and trafficking seriously and they think that he's the only former president now that talks about it But what they don't realize is that he never made it part of his campaign. Uh, He just would tweet about their mission and QAnon. And under his administration, federal prosecutors less aggressively prosecuted child sex trafficking cases. And fewer than the last like 10 years were actually prosecuted at all. And so he has nothing to back this up. So the question remains, why do they think that they are sex trafficking so many children? Why are they holding them in the basement of a pizza restaurant? I mean, they're not, but like, why would they? And their reasoning is, quote, Hollywood loves adrenochrome. What is adrenochrome, you ask? So many questions, yeah. Yeah. I will tell you, they believe that the Democrats are heart and Hollywood celebrities are harvesting adrenaline from children's blood to create a designer drug that gives a super high and that it is called adrenochrome. Okay. This is some Mad Max fucking bullshit. What is this shit? Now, to take it one step further, once QAnon got a hold of it and started really spinning this narrative... They also incorporated the idea that in order to harvest this adrenochrome, they were sacrificing these children to Satan. And that's Mm. been a core of it ever since. So now they have this overarching belief that Democrats and Hollywood celebrities are trafficking children to sacrifice them to Satan and then use their blood to extract adrenaline to manufacture adrenochrome, which they then use as a designer drug for a sweet high. But there's a problem with that. There's no proof that this is actually happening, and any attempts to prove that that has happened only lead back to things like Jeffrey Epstein, where I don't think Donald Trump was really fighting all that hard to stop it. No, but to yeah. to their credit, his nickname was Immortan Jeff. So <laughs> <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> but number two, adrenochrome is a real chemical. But the idea that it could be used as a psychedelic drug 
seems to largely come from the film Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and has no support by scientific evidence. Yeah, it was a gecko using the drug in the film anyway. Yeah, so like... Oh, wait, no, I'm mixing it up with that Johnny Depp thing. Never mind. (laughs) With Rango? Hold on, with Rango? (laughs) No, no, I think she means the Johnny Depp movie where he portrays Hunter S. Thompson. Right, because Rango is... Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas for children. Is it? <laughs> I haven't seen Rango. <laughs> Me neither. Um, Same but... movie, but with animation and less drugs. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Essentially, all this to say, even if everything they believed every step of the way was true, they still couldn't manufacture a drug out of it. So why? Right? There's no people benefiting. There's a breakdown of how this would even happen. There is this belief that somehow Donald Trump is like the Superman of this movement, but there's no evidence behind it. And it's modern day satanic panic. It's this modern day belief that there are people everywhere trying to sacrifice children to Satan when there's just no proof of that actually happening. And it's based on lies or on confusion or on people not actually reading the details of the Johnny Gosh case And it's a problem. Or even just going back further to all the things that we've talked about in this series, the fact that the idea of Satan is something created more modern or more is a more contemporary thought than most people even uh, realize. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. The basis of this whole thing is fucking bullshit from the jump on every single angle. And that's where we're going to end our Satanic Panic series with essentially the modern equivalent. And this takes us into something that we're going to go through in a few weeks. Not not right away. We're taking some time, some palate cleansers uh, to dig into QAnon in the future. Yes. There we go. Oh, wow. boy. This has been such an interesting series where it started off as like the palate cleanser of uh, Donald Trump and his bullshit. (laughs) And now we're fucking right back into it. Ain't we? Ain't we? Yeah. Ain't we? It's upsetting for sure. Who'd have thought that covering the literal antithesis of God would have brought us back to Donald J. Trump, huh? (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. God. Yeah, this episode uh, is brought to you by Comet Pizza and Ping Pong. Now with with 100% less closets. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah fucking christ this is this is uh this episode is actually brought to you as always by our wonderful amazing patreon donors um this episode in particular is brought to you in part by a new patreon member that would like to be known as fatza the hut's mom slash snack bitch uh fatso the hut is a needy cat with questionable intelligence which honestly girl same uh she stares at the carpet for no apparent reason that's just called a porn addiction baby staring at the carpet (laughs) for no reason shut get the fuck out of here that cat is gonna need a bug-shaped vibrator asap honestly honestly it's just it's definitely a bug toy that somebody just put a bullet vibe in. Like, <laughs> like it's, Boy, I can fucking it was, sell this shit to cats. I don't fucking care. <laughs> exactly. 
It's like Doc Johnson's cat toys. Oh my god! Yeah, they. I don't know why they didn't just market it as like a sex toy for lizards, though. This seems so great. Yeah, it do probably lizards been a need mouse. sex toys? Do lizards have enough imagination to have imaginary <laughs> sex? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about the imagination of lizards, Andrea. I think it depends. It's not my area of expertise. I think it depends on the lizard, chameleon pretty good imagination uh <laughs> komodo dragon okay. not okay. so much yeah they're more <laughs> slobber they're back they're, there's poison in their bacteria mouths that's how they kill you oh man do you think that could happen to me if i just stopped brushing my teeth yes i've oh. smelled your breath oh <laughs> all right well this episode is brought to you by sadness uh catch it in your local armando <laughs> jesus <laughs> no hey (laughs) hey yes if you want to uh join our patreon uh and i don't know have this happen to your name where we associate it with the imagination of very horny lizards um (laughs) there's so much horniness this week it's a lot there are uh, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. Speaking of horny, and especially speaking of recent horny, uh, there has been some new episodes that have been dropped uh, as part of our bonus content. Paige, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what they are? No, I want to sink into the floor. Um, <laughs> but you're not going to be sure. going far with as slippery as these chairs are. So <laughs> going to uh, slip and slide your way out the door, honey. I don't remember... I don't remember the first time we talked about the vampire romance novel. It was a long time ago. It's been brought up a couple times. People have used it against me in roast battles. It's a whole thing. And we had joked a number of times about posting it or reading it. And we had actually tried to do it a couple times. It was supposed to go out at Christmas and then Christmas was crazy. And... So we thought Valentine's Day would be uh, the perfect time for me to be super embarrassed. (laughs) Hell yeah, dude. I'm Um, so excited to listen to this, but not at work because I play my podcast out loud. listen to it at work. Nah, fuck it, dude. Do not. Listen to it at work, dog. Absolutely don't. Have you listened to it, Armando? Not yet. Oh, God. I'm I'm just like bracing myself. I texted my parents, told them not to listen to it. I texted my mom and told her to listen to it. No. I even sent her this vibrating cricket toy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those old person cricket phones with the big number. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh anyway, Hurtful. speaking of, of vibrating your genitals. Um so uh the first two chapter <laughs> These sound waves will vibrate your genitals to pleasure. The Vampire Romance Novel by Paige Wesley. There's the only thing wrong with it is that there's not a Dracula character that goes, I want to suck your dick. Blah. (laughs) Um, I will say that I've had a couple friends read it in the past for fun. Mm -hmm. And the note that I got from one of them was that a character did not start a blowjob and then kill someone by biting their dick off and i was like that's a real strange note friend yeah yeah that's gonna (laughs) i think that that person might be going through some things specifically i think so too Uh, i think so too and 
Yeah, uh, that doesn't happen in the book. I'm sorry if you were in it for that. Uh, <laughs> but it does happen in Snakes <laughs> on a Plane, so supplementary <laughs> There you material. go, there you go. Uh, yeah, Snakes on a Plane is downloadable content for <laughs> this. <laughs> no, it is <laughs> not. No. I don't think snakes give very good blowjobs. You think they would because they're just one long dick sleeve. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, uh, it is explicit as hell uh, and embarrassing, but this is what I do for you people. These are the sacrifices we make. So enjoy it, I guess. And so far, a lot of people have asked for more episodes, so I'll be putting more up gradually. (laughs) So there's that. As you live down the embarrassment. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Today's been a lot of me being like, oh, God. Oh, why? Yeah, I mean, so. this is the equivalent of reading an old journal, so I get yeah. it. But it's like it's, sexier. It's worse than that because it's there's woof. I yeah. Paige Wesley's writing hornier than your old journal. Go to <laughs> Patreon.com/slash oh, Cult Podcast. Um, slash super horny no that's not part of it sorry <laughs> not part of it at all yeah that's our patreon uh hey if you want to find me i'm gonna be a bunch of places this week so fucking not like physically like virtually come watch me do comedy in a ton of different areas um on the webs on the interwebs uh you can find all of those things on my instagram and my twitter at mondo does stuff that's m-a-n-d-o does stuff Hey guys, uh, follow me on Instagram at Andrea Gazetta to check out my sweet art. Uh, on Monday, I'm going to be dropping uh, a new shop update with some cool stuff, including original paintings and a pre-order for a really fucking cool handmade item. I'll be talking more about it next week, but Holy go check that out. Shit. February 22nd. They're fucking cool, you guys. They're so fucking cool. Oh, my God. I'm I'm so so fucking excited for y'all to see that. This is one of my favorite. Oh, man. I'm so excited. Yeah, pretty stoked. Um, If you feel like you can still look me in the eye after listening to that book, (laughs) then uh, let me know (laughs) about it or, or don't. You can find me at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram uh, and TikTok. And uh, I regret it already. We should make physical <laughs> copies and make a whole new meaning to the word hardcover. I, to hear the thing, I, <laughs> I oh thought about God. it and I was and, and I was like, if people if we get all the way through it and people like it, then, yeah, let's fucking Amazon publish this shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can we make Man, fuck Amazon? We'll it. publish it ourselves. Can we make wooden sh- steak shaped vibrators? They already make those. Damn it. Don't, Damn. don't ask how I know. Damn. Why do you know that? <laughs> I was looking into the merchandising important. options for my book. They came out when True Blood came out. Oh, of course. Oh, like, that like, makes sense. Yeah, that so. makes sense. Mm. Anyway. If you want to follow the show on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can send us an email to coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us copies of vampire books that you think are hornier than my book, you can send them to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like the Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. I don't think it can be done. <laughs> I, I hope it can. 
If not, I should talk to someone. <laughs> <laughs> you do every week. We're right here, Paige. Oh, God. Oh, no. Just don't ask Google for a therapist because it will do some weird <laughs> shit. Yahoo Answers? Help. <laughs> I really hope that Google thinks that Broad City is the same as therapy because. <laughs> oh, God. And I think for this week, I'm going to just say. Don't drink the lasagna because it's two lasagnas and you bake them separately. Mm, drink a tall that. glass of one lasagna. Thank you. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. Bye.